Hey, I'm Mary, and you're listening to Sex Work for the Soul. Well, hey there. (laughs) Thank you for joining me yet again for another week of Sex Work for the Soul. I have a more sex work focused episode for you today, though I have to say it's becoming increasingly difficult for me (laughs) to separate the worlds of sex work and spirituality because I've been working so, so intently on marrying the two. (laughs) But today is a bit of a dualistic episode, if you will. (laughs) And that's because we're going to be talking about the two worlds that sex workers live within. Many sex workers would think of this as the sex work side of their life versus the vanilla side of their life. (laughs) So vanilla being a term that was kind of taken from uh, the kink community, just meaning like regular, um, normal, you know, all those kinds of words that are kind of mm, come with some connotations, right? Because of course, yes, sex work is not necessarily normal, but you know, It is my normal. (laughs) So um, that's what I'm going to be referring to them as, though. So sex work versus vanilla life. That's just what I'm used to talking about it uh, as. So I'm going to stick with that, and I'm going to teach you a little bit of sex worker terminology. So there you go. (laughs) You learn something new every day. Just a small disclaimer today. I'd like to remind you that I am an online sex worker. I'm not an in-person worker, and I don't ever want to speak over the experiences of anyone that does in-person work. So I'm really only speaking to my experience as an online sex worker. Though I would wager that most sex workers, regardless of the type, do experience this phenomenon. That's just my, you know, educated guess. (laughs) Hopefully this isn't a secret to you, because if it is, I have a very rude awakening for you. (laughs) But most sex workers, especially um, those you see online, posting online, will be posting within a pseudonym. So we use a performer name to protect our identity because unfortunately there is a very large problem with violence against sex workers, specifically in-person sex workers. And People that work online as well also have issues with stalking and all kinds of um, abuse that takes place online as well. But in order to keep ourselves safe, we adopt a sort of persona to do our sex work. Speaking to my own experience, I have definitely struggled before with my identity, especially because I believe that I really grew into myself as Mary, and Mary is not who I was born as. (laughs) So it is this bit of a disconnect in where I have to reconcile with the versions of myself. I am both Mary and 
the self I was born as. Uh, and yet I am always changing as well. So it is a very interesting balance that we have to experience and figure out as sex workers. I'll admit <laughs> it for me, speaking again for myself, it's a little easy to get lost in the sauce sometimes. <laughs> so I do specific things that help me to stay grounded, to really remind myself that I am me, <laughs> I am all the sides of me, and I don't have to denounce any part of myself in order to really ultimately get aligned with my highest purpose. A few different times on a couple different social media platforms, I have told the story of how I started sex work and what really brought me into the industry. And I think, I think I'll probably make that a separate episode, but I, overall, <laughs> the kind of rundown of that story is that I left the profession I was in because I knew it no longer aligned with what made me happy. And I decided to leap headfirst <laughs> into doing online sex work because it had been on my mind for the better part of a decade. And I knew it was now or never. And that I was only getting older <laughs> and it was time to just go for it. Uh, I think the end of my 20s really got me like uh, <laughs> really uh, inspired and feeling ready to just go for it. Uh, but it also came with a sort of grieving. I, I grieved the past version of myself that worked in that other industry. Uh, I was working in music education, also theater education, and I was also playing piano and violin for weddings and cocktail hours, things like that. I loved a lot of what I did, but there were certain situations that showed me my creative talents were better focused elsewhere. And it took me a lot of time and I'm still working through the grieving process of uh, losing that past version of myself. But the grounding that I've been doing has actually really been connecting with her, <laughs> connecting with my music teacher self, with my artistic self. It's sort of like a little practice of reminding myself who the fuck I am <laughs> because I put in so much fucking work, so much fucking work to get as get to get to the level that I was at uh, in musicianship, in teaching. Uh, and I don't want to forget that. I know that I have that work ethic within me. I know that I have skills that are that transcend the boundaries of sex work versus vanilla life. <laughs> so what I really do is to connect into that creativity. And for me, that is with playing piano, listening to music, dancing, writing, uh, learning about things that excite me, reading about things that excite me, occasionally making actual visual art. Those things really feed me. They feed my soul. They make me feel elated and 
it's important for us to kind of ground ourselves with these joyful activities that feed into our soul because life can get monotonous, right? I think other things that have helped me whenever I'm feeling really disconnected from myself have been hanging out with people that know me outside of sex work. Also, uh, doing inner child and inner teen work has been really helpful as well because I think back to those versions of myself that didn't know what they wanted to do or felt like they they maybe did know what they wanted to do, but they were a little too afraid to ever consider that I could do it. <laughs> so it, it feels very healing to connect to those past versions of myself that would have just been amazed at the success that I've had and how far I've come. Part of what, for me specifically, again, <laughs> part of what really disconnects me from Mary and my past self or my vanilla self is that Mary is a badass bitch. <laughs> Mary gets shit done. Mary is confident. Mary is fucking sexy. And little old me, <laughs> little old me, I don't feel that way. <laughs> I really don't. And that might be surprising to you. But Mary is a shell. Mary is a protective layer. Mary is a persona, an archetype, a character. She is my wildest dreams. She is the character that I always created in every story I ever wrote as a child. She is the main character of my life that I've always looked up to. And now I am her. <laughs> I am her. And how fucking empowering is that? I try to remind myself of that whenever I'm feeling insecure in myself because Mary is me, even though sometimes I can feel like a little bit of an imposter because inside I'm not quite as confident as what I appear to be outside. But I remind myself that I am both things. <laughs> I am the person performing and I am also the person that's feeling small inside. And that's okay. And it's okay to have compassion for myself in those moments. I took some notes for this episode and I, <laughs> I want to read, read them to you to give you a sense of really how, how different I feel um, inwardly versus outwardly. Thinking of my inward self as my past self or my, you know, my regular life self and my outward self as Mary. So here's what I wrote. <laughs> inner self holds a lot of shame in her body while outer self exudes confidence. Inner self feels uncomfortable getting compliments while outer self loves compliments. <laughs> Inner self feels like a failure for quitting her past career. And outer self feels like a badass, self-employed woman. <laughs> inner self feels comfortable in the background while performing. Outer self performs front and center a majority of the time. Inner self is a perfectionist. And outer self goes with the flow. Sex work for me has been this very intentional and long journey towards self-love. Mary loves herself. My inner self, she doesn't always love herself. <laughs> she has struggled. She 
has felt small, she has felt meek, she has felt powerless before, but Mary is here to hold her. Mary is here to really let her see herself in all of her glory. Mary is like a mirror for me. But instead of a mirror that projects my insecurities, she's a mirror that projects all of my greatest qualities. Now, part of me (laughs) wants to reconcile with the fact that this is connected with something that we've all started talking about uh, when it comes to social media and the perspective that we get on people's lives. Now, it's kind of one of the reasons that I made this podcast. I wanted to make Mary this confident, empowered woman, but also be able to really connect with people on a vulnerable level as Mary. And so I'm here to tell you that (laughs) sex workers and most online influencers show you the good a majority of the time, right? But we have to remember that nobody has a life that is only good with no bad, (laughs) right? We are all humans here. We all experience it. We experience all of it, right? We experience the good, the bad, and the ugly. So Mary serves as a protective layer for me. She is also a deep, deep part of who I am. And yet, I am also someone else. And so I try to give my inner self space to breathe. I want to let her shine because I know that she is where my artistic spark was born. So one way in which my past self has connected to myself as Mary is through cosplay and costuming. So back in the day when I first started sex work, I actually was doing cosplay beforehand and it slowly kind of turned into lewd cosplay and then a little bit of nude cosplay online. (laughs) So finding these characters that I really connected with was so incredibly helpful with building this persona of Mary because I didn't feel confident in my inner self and I still don't sometimes, but when I was able to step into these characters, specifically, I'll give you one, Faye Valentine from Cowboy Bebop. She is my favorite character to dress up as because she just exudes sexuality. She makes me feel so powerful. And every time I dressed up as her, I felt like I was on top of the world and I could do anything. (laughs) And connecting with characters like that was part of the first steps that I took in order to create Mary because Mary didn't just manifest overnight. (laughs) Mary was very much uh, just as shy as my inner self to start, right? When I started sex work, I was barely posting my face, which some people never post their face. And I totally respect that. I completely understand. Uh, And so I'm, I'm a very far away from that now. And Mary 
really grew with all of this character work that I was doing with these cosplays when I first started. And from that, I started to really connect to dark goddess archetypes. And you may have heard me talk about the dark goddess if you followed me on TikTok, rip, <laughs> rip to my TikTok, uh, which got taken down last month, two months ago, uh, end of October. Who's counting? <laughs> um, dark goddess work has been so, so helpful for me because I do hold a lot of shame inwardly about sex and about my body. And again, that'll be another episode because <laughs> I think we all have a lot of shame to release around sex. But I used these dark goddess uh, figures to really connect with the energy of the empowered woman, the sexual woman, the woman that doesn't care of what others think of her. She does what she likes. She is unafraid to be judged. And she's just unapologetically herself. <laughs> the first was the goddess of spring, the queen of the underworld, Persephone. Persephone called to me at a time in my life in which I really felt like I was losing it. I was not able to balance the two sides of my life. At the time, my family did not know that I was doing sex work. I am happy to report that right now, my entire immediately, sorry, immediate family, <laughs> my entire immediate family does know and they have accepted me for who I am in doing sex work. It feels so good to just say that. <laughs> but at the time, nobody knew. And not many of my friends knew either. So I was really stuck in this, in this place where I felt very shameful of keeping this secret and yet I was feeling incredibly empowered by the work that I was doing. So Persephone has an interesting story. It's been retold in a couple different ways in the modern era but essentially she gets abducted by Hades and is taken to the underworld and her mother argues with Zeus and Hades to decide upon a verdict in which Persephone will remain the goddess of spring and stay up on earth during the spring and summer months and then spend the fall and winter down in the underworld with Hades. So she lives this very dualistic experience, <laughs> being both the goddess of spring or if you want to look at it symbolically, uh, you know, a goddess of creation, and yet also the queen of the underworld. And I do believe, um, I'm not an expert, <laughs> but I do believe that Persephone had the job of uh, leading shades on. So shades are kind of like, kind of like souls. Um, and so she has this very compassionate job within the underworld. But Nonetheless, she still straddles this dark and light kind of imagery, right? And I, I hesitate to use the terminology dark and light, but you get what I mean. So 
learning from Persephone has been all about figuring out how to balance those two sides of myself. And the answer is to accept both of them as they are. <laughs> and that sounds so simple, right? That sounds so insanely simple. Uh, and yet it does take practice, right? Because we think of ourselves as having to meet certain standards uh, for the different arenas in our life, right? And for me as a woman, I've always been raised to believe that it was not good for me to focus on my looks. It was shallow and self-centered to do so. And that I should always, always, always focus on uh, achieving with my mind and not with my body, right? Not with my feminine wiles. <laughs> so, of course, there's a lot of deprogramming that goes on whenever you start sex work. And I, I'm pretty sure that most sex workers have a lot of that kind of shame to work around. So even while we are using our, I'm going to say sexual power to really manifest the lives that we deserve, it's also a very deep kind of journey of healing that we all have to go through. So Persephone really helped me to kind of straddle the gap, <laughs> to understand that, yes, I can be both. I don't have to pick one. <laughs> and you know who else helped me is my mentor, Danny. Thank you so much, Danny, for all the work you've done with me on really marrying the two, Mary, <laughs> marrying the sides of myself because for so long I felt very disconnected with both of them and felt like I really had to kind of choose who am I, but I'm both. <laughs> and that is just perfect for my little Gemini son, isn't it? <laughs> sure. I've got a ways to go before I've totally figured myself out, but you know, I think that that's life <laughs> and that we're constantly changing. And actually, I'm not sure that I ever want to have a point in which I stop changing. <laughs> I love, I, I love seeing how I change and grow over the years. And I think that my journey with sex work has really opened me up to that. Uh, because my past self probably would have been a little more uncomfortable than I am right now. <laughs> with all the change that's going on in my life. My current self right now is like, bring it on, babe, let's go. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm so ready. And I think that that is the magic of my Saturn return. <laughs> so I am truly grateful to you for listening to my story today. I, like I said, I've got a ways to go with this, but I wanted to share this today because I think it's a very universal thing that sex workers experience having to be these two different people because unfortunately it's not really safe for us to be out as sex workers with everyone that is in our lives so we have to work to find our own communities in which we can feel safe and held and understood and appreciated and that would be the advice that I give any new or newer sex workers that are still really reconciling with this uh, dualistic nature of themselves is to find community. I feel so lucky that I have this podcast, first of all, that can connect me with my listeners who 
are such empathetic and kind and uh, wonderful people. Thank you to everyone that's reached out to me so far with my first few episodes. You really just light up my life, seriously. And I'm also super lucky to be in a witchcraft school with my mentor, Danny, and a healing circle that meets on the weekends with my friend, Mark Elena, both of which I'll link in the show notes. I am so grateful. I'm so, so, so grateful. This episode has me looking back on how far I've come <laughs> along this journey and feeling excited about the bridge that I've created between these two different sides of my experience. And I can only hope that if any other sex workers are listening to this, some part of my story has helped you to find whatever you need to bridge the gap for yourself. And to my non-sex workers listening out there, I hope that this was a nice perspective piece for you to give you a little bit of insight into what we go through as sex workers. It is my pleasure to share my experiences with you all. Thank you so much for taking this time out of your day with me. You can reach out via Instagram, Twitter, or any of my subscription sites by visiting xoxomarysue.com. That's xoxomarysue.com. Make sure to give me a follow on all of your favorite podcast apps and stay tuned for my next episode. Give me a five-star review if you're feeling extra generous today. <laughs> Seriously, though, every little share, comment, like, and listen is so, so, so appreciated more than you can ever know. Thank you again for joining me today. Until next time, sending all my love.